I have discovered the secret to transformation in the Christian life. You've got things you want to change. I've got things I want to change. Guess what? I know the secret. I found it out. Facebook livers, podcasters, whoever's out there watching, welcome. This is The Deep End. The Deep End Podcast. Welcome to The Deep End Podcast, brought to you by Waters Church in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. The Deep End is where we go deeper in the scriptures to empower our walk with God. If you're watching on Facebook Live, we're glad you joined us, and we encourage you to be a part of the conversation in the comments below. If you're listening in on SoundCloud or your podcast app, be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's go live to Pastor Tim Hatch as we get started with today's podcast. This is The Deep End. Yes, 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 The Deep End Podcast, and I am so glad that you're joining us. If you're on Facebook Live, let us know in the comments where you are at. How's your day going? So glad that you're joining us, all of those live viewers and, fi- and then the podcast listeners. Uh, we're so glad that you're joining us. No matter where you're listening to this podcast, I want to welcome in all of you to our brand new studio. I like just saying that. <laughs> that sounds fun. This is our new studio at Waters Church offices up at the top floor. And these are my friends who are joining me in hello, here. Hello. Say hello. What's going on? Josh. And what's your name? Brandon. Brandon. That's yeah. right. Brandon. <laughs> Brandon Tavares. <laughs> He's a, he's I've a only been here a couple of days. It's okay. That's right. He's a little bit. Uh, he's a little bit new. I don't remember your name for a while. That's the important thing to uh, to consider when you have so many people. You know, you forget names. It just happens. That's that's all right. We're off to a great start with this podcast. Lots of listens on SoundCloud and Facebook. I think it has seven thousand person reach. Yes, last yeah, week currently. That's yes. amazing. We so, got thirty-one people watching right now. Thirty-one people. Thirty-two. My favorite thirty-two people in the world right now, <laughs> <laughs> behind my family. But uh, welcome in, and uh, we put this thing together. Amazing production team over here. You don't see him. Is Michael? We call him MacGyver McGarry because he does everything. This yes. guy can put. This guy could make a bomb out of everything you see right here. And uh, but he will not. He's no, he will not do that. <laughs> he's a Christian, <laughs> and Just he doesn't clarify. do it. That's good. Yes, he he doesn't take, he doesn't make bombs. He makes things that spread the gospel, which is much more important. Um, spiritual explosions than bombs. <laughs> spiritual <laughs> explosions. That's right. Um, can I just say that this is a huge season for our church? Huge. We are starting two new campuses in a few weeks. October 1st, mark it down on your calendars. Pray for this day because this is the day we start and open up in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, Milford, Massachusetts. I am so excited. I am so much praying for Jim Shackleton and his wife, Neldus, and Steve Fiel and his wife, uh, Chelsea. We are praying for you guys and your teams, and I'm just believing God for amazing things from you. Uh, if you are in Woonsocket, if you are in uh, Milford, if you are in those towns or in the vicinity of those towns, Brand new churches coming to your area, and you want to join them. You want to join them. Just show up. Just show up on August, uh, October 1st, uh, 10.30 a.m., both services in uh, both locations. But a huge weekend uh, for our church as well coming up. Um, last weekend, I was at Norwood, and I missed you all. Hello, everybody in North Attleboro, back with you this weekend. Um, but we've got some things coming up for this weekend that are exciting. We're ending the series Not Yet Here, and we have got a special music video that's going to be re- released in partial form, Josh. Yeah. P- 
partial form this Sunday, uh, this weekend. So don't miss Saturday, Sunday, whichever services you come to. Uh, great thing happening this weekend with the last week of Not Yet Here. And uh, I'm just excited about what's happening with our church overall. You know, new campuses is a big deal. And all the other things that are happening, big deals all around. Very exciting to spread the gospel. Uh, so uh, finishing Not Yet Here this weekend. Um, and then this weekend is big because it's like the last weekend everybody's going to be here they, from yeah. those campuses. The campus launch teams are not going to be around much. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah wow. we're saying goodbye. We're saying, saying goodbye, goodbye to a lot, lot of people. Man. A lot of good people. A lot of great people. And, yeah. you know, a lot of your band members. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, if anybody plays music, sings, wants to get involved creatively, please let us know. Exactly. We want to get you involved. Yes. You know, I, I don't usually say this, but if you have any church serving experience whatsoever, we're going to fast track you into involvement here at Waters Church. So, you know, what we've been doing on the weekend, too, is we've been asking you to take home this Faith in Action booklet. And if you have it at home and it's sitting there waiting for you to fill in the forms, the very short forms, some interesting, uh, interesting facts and uh, things about what it means to serve at Waters Church. Hey, bring this back this weekend. We need you. We would love you to be serving God with us. Um, So that's also happening uh, with Not Yet Here. And we want to put every hand to the plow possible. This weekend also is church cleanup day. I know you all are excited about cleaning up the church. I know like that's (laughs) the highlight of your week is to sweep the floors and rake leaves and do mulch spreading and all that stuff. Well, this Saturday at 8 a.m. to 12 noon, your dreams come true. Show up. We will have donuts and coffee and all kinds of goodies for you. But uh, we just need hands, hands and laborers. So come on out. Uh, 8 a.m. to 12 noon this Saturday, church cleanup day. And then also in two weeks, those of you who are newly saved, newly Christians, okay, baptism is happening. Baptism weekend or baptism class is happening on Labor Day weekend. We actually have baptisms this weekend. Seven? Yeah. yeah. Seven, seven, seven baptisms. <clears throat> I'm so oh, yeah. I'm so used to like every time. Yeah. Okay. We have <laughs> baptisms this Amen. Amen. This weekend, live baptisms. And then uh, in two weeks on Saturday, 9 a.m. is our baptism class here in the office location. So you don't go to the main parking lot. Make sure you don't go to the main parking lot. Go past the main parking lot. Go to the office parking lot. Go up into that area. There will be somebody waiting for you for baptism class. And I want to say something to all the guys because there's lots of girls getting baptized. But again, the dudes, the dudes and baptism. What is it about the dudes and not doing the baptism thing? You guys got to set the example for your the ladies in your life and also for the young men young ladies in your life that you know what getting baptized is a privilege it's a powerful moment and it's a declaration that jesus is now lord Mm. he is lord of your life you are in his hands you are proud of that you are gonna just you know tell everybody that you know that you are not ashamed to be a disciple of jesus christ yeah Amen. You two guys were baptized. I'll yes. tell you what, and that pool is nice, man. Water's warm. It's warm now. Yeah. It's very comfortable, yeah. Yeah, it's like a jacuzzi. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we'll 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 uh, soak your troubles away as we as we declare that you're a follower of Jesus. But ba- Brandon, you were baptized here. Yes. Yes. And I that was. wasn't too long ago. No, um that was actually in right before we moved to this building. And so that I mean that was amazing. That was yeah, that was incredible. I can't even describe that to you. And you're a dude. 
I'm a dude. And so, you know, you know that dudes can do it. I mean, dudes <laughs> can get baptized and it's not a shameful thing. It's a proud thing. I was, yes, very, very proud to do that. And so, you know, it's just part of the process, man. I'm just, I, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Christianity is for real men. If you're not a real man, don't get baptized. <laughs> if you're a real man, get baptized. So, okay, we are in this new um, studio. We are excited about what's happening um, with our church and all these things that are going on. Uh, you know what? We are going to get back into 1 Corinthians. This is what we call this again. Bible study on your time. So Wednesday night Bible study, no more. We don't do that. We don't all come to the church. Um, it's too difficult, and it's not many people can make it. So this is Bible study in your time, and you can listen to this on Wednesday night if you're like a purist, but uh, you can listen to this anytime you want. It's a series of messages through the book of 1 Corinthians. We're calling this message series hashtag the struggle is real because being part of a church is a struggle. Mm. You know, you just have to kind of grin and bear it sometimes. And we talked about last week that the church in Corinth was messed up. I mean, they were seriously messed up in so many ways that they would make any church in America today look like gold compared to their problems. Uh, and, and, you know, we've got to realize that churches that are messed up are not bad churches because the church is not a museum for finished products of what Christianity is. That's what heaven is. Heaven is for the finished products. The church is for the in-process products. The people who have yet to truly, you know, come around on many issues, many things. Many times it's the whole group has to come around on an issue. And that's the case with the Corinthians, and that's what Paul's talking about here. And so last week we talked about this. Thank God for my messed up church, because Paul says about the Corinthians, even though you guys are so messed up, even though you got serious problems, I thank God for you. And I can thank God for you because the God who called you is faithful. He's brought you into the fellowship of Son Jesus Christ. He's going to continue to work on you. He's not done with you. And things are going to be uh, worked out through the process of transformation in the church in Corinth. And that's the case for our church. That's the case for Waters Church, North Attleboro. Let me just let me just say this. Like you, you cannot come to Waters Church, North Attleboro, and think we are finished. Yeah. That's true. It's true. <laughs> do, you, do you have a problem with our church? Welcome to the club. You know, I mean, <laughs> I have a problem with our church. Our church struggles on several areas. Our church is great about many, many things. But there's still things that we need to change and work on. That's called being part of the church. So I'm talking to all the people. You don't go to church anymore. Uh, there, there's this new designation for you. You're called the Duns. The D-O-N-E-S. Uh, this is a big catchphrase now in the church world. There's the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, which is the people who have no religious affiliation, no okay. spiritual life, whatever, whatsoever. Now we have the Duns. Ah. People who are done with organized church. <laughs> Naming everybody right now. That's what Christians like to do. We're going to name you. But, you know, this is um, the people that I'm talking to for a moment. You're, you're done with church because I don't know what. What happened? They hurt you. They, they, they did things that you didn't like. They changed the music. You know, they, they took the choir robes away. Oh, my gosh. You know, what did they do that you didn't like? The music's too loud. The music's too soft. The music's too new. The music's too old. The, they don't sing from the hymns. They don't read from the King James English. I mean, come on. You can pick problems out of any church, but you do yourself a huge disservice when you just say, I'm checking out, I'm done, and I'm going to just like listen to, and I've said this before, listen to podcasts in my car and Hillsong Worship, and that's my church. No. 
that's not a church. That's just you getting your Hillsong on, and you need <laughs> you need a church body who challenges you. Amen. So we're going to get right back into 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, right after this break. Oh, I like saying that. <laughs> get up to date on what's happening here during the week by staying connected with Waters Church on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, on our website at waterschurch.org. And now, back to the deep end. Back to the deep end. Here we are. All right. Let, let me read the passage, and then, we'll, then we're going to focus in on a couple of verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I hope you have your Bibles open. If you don't, open them real quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, mm-hmm. verse 10. I'm going to read it. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, whenever Paul says something like that, <laughs> you just think about those words. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That means I mean business. Any, anybody ever does that? Like, you know, you talk to your kids one way, but then whenever you're really serious with your kids, you use their middle name. Oh, yeah. Full yes. name. Moms that did that. Like, <clears throat> full name comes out, you know mom is ticked. I better listen. <laughs> All right. So he's, whenever Paul says, by the name of the Lord Jesus, it's like using the church's middle name because he's like, he's saying, I'm serious. So he said, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be (laughs) no divisions among you. (laughs) I only laugh because what Paul is asking here is, has been impossible for the church for 2,000 years. But he says this, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people. We don't know who Chloe is. We won't talk about her. We just know that she told Paul, there's problems at Corinth. You need to deal with it. It has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is each one of you says, I follow Paul, or, quote, I follow Apollos, or, quote, I follow Cephas, which is another name for Peter. That's the Greek name for, I'm sorry, Cephas is the Hebrew name, Semitic name for Peter. Peter is the Greek name that he had. Or I follow Christ. Verse 13, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one could say you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the house of Stephanas. Beyond that, I don't know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of his power. Those are the verses we're going to deal with. Okay, you know, this is a messed up church. This is a seriously messed up church, and they need what Paul says uh, in in First Corinthians chapter one verse two, sanctification. Remember that Paul opens up this passage, this this book, this letter to the Corinthian church with the words, um, "To those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints." Just those words, sanctified and saints. Uh, those two words are the same word in Greek, and what Paul is saying uh, about this church is you guys are saints called to be sanctified. So you've been made saints by God, but you still need to be sanctified. You need to become more sanctified. Another word for sanctified is holy. Now, what I need to explain to you, I didn't I didn't do a good job of this last time, last week. I want to say it again. Paul opens up the book of 1 Corinthians totally differently than almost any other book in the New Testament. Paul writes about a third of the New Testament. They're all letters to churches in the New Testament. And he opens up this book different than every other church in the New Testament. Can we mute our phones in studio? Seriously, like at, at the church, I have a hard enough time with this. Okay, anyway, <laughs> just busting you. And he's talking about sanctification to the Corinthians 
And almost every other church that he writes to, whether it be Ephesus, Galatia, Galatians, um, Thessalonians, uh, anybody else, he talks about justification. We come to Christ through the cross. The cross is what saves us. The blood of Jesus saves us. But we inevitably drift from the cross. And I want to ask you something. Which side do you drift toward? Because everybody drifts one way or another. If you drift toward the left, it's called legalism. Here's how you know that you are drifting toward legalism. You never feel like you're good enough for God. You never feel like you're really saved. You guys ever have that feeling? Mm. Mm. There's a lot of people out there. So you're always trying to do more. And you're not trying to do more for the sake of others. You're trying to do more for the sake of yourself. And I call it sanctified selfishness. You're just trying to be better so that God will accept you. But you have to remember that the cross is proof. God accepts you on the basis of his son's blood, not your good works. And if you trend toward legalism, you're always going to feel not worthy, not good enough. I need to read my Bible more. Not, not because I want to learn from God, but because I want to just show God that I really love him and he will accept me. That's legalism. Or I need to go to church more. And not because you love the church and love the people of God, but because you think if I show up at a church, then God will accept me and love me and I'll get into heaven. That's called legalism. It's called also dead works. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work because our works are never good enough. The work for saving you was done in Jesus Christ. His blood 2,000 years ago was the finished product. Jesus did not get up on that cross and then say, it's almost done. (laughs) He said, it is finished, period. And the work for your salvation is done because of what Jesus did. Believe it, receive it, done, finished. So usually when Paul writes to a first first uh, century church, he's always talking in the beginning of his letters about justification. He's always telling them, you're saved. Uh, the blood has, you know, cleansed you. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing. You are a new people. You're a new creation. And he goes on and on and on for like chapters at a time to like, you know, Galatia or Ephesus about just be confident. You are saved. And so when we drift toward legalism, what we need is a heavy dose of justification by grace through faith. Justification by grace through faith. He had, or faith uh, because of the grace of God. He has justified us. Justified is a fancy word, just meaning that he has judicially accounted you as no longer a sinner, no longer unworthy. You are now made worthy by his grace. Justification. Now, what's funny is that in 1 Corinthians, Paul doesn't open up with justification. Because they're not legalists. They're on the other side of the cross. They drift to the right. And these, so you either drift to the left and you become a legalist, you never feel good enough for God, or you drift to the right and you become a relativist. And a relativist is somebody who says, I'm forgiven and now I can do whatever I want. Mm. <laughs> there's a lot of Lots Christians, of yeah. a lot yeah. of Christians like that. Jesus saved me, so I, you know, I, I don't try to put rules on me. I can do what I want. And God... Oh. Covered Always in forgiven. grace, brother. Yeah. Covered in grace. Right. Bro. Or God understands. Like, <laughs> he does? <laughs> no, not necessarily. He doesn't understand. He, he hates sin. He hates unrighteousness. That's why he sent Jesus to die for you. So you, when you turn into a relativist, you start doing these things that are not right. And you need, if you're a relativist, if you drift to the right of the cross, you need a heavy dose of sanctification. So it's like justification brings you back to you're made worthy. Sanctification starts to chisel away from your life the nonsense. Yeah, all that crap. The garbage, the things that you don't even know that you have that are there. You know, whatever it is, jealousy, lust, envy, pride, you know, factions. 
these things will kill you. The reason why, and I'm talking to all of, all of the relativists out there, all of the people who say, I'm going to do Christianity on my terms. I'm not going to listen to anybody. The reason why you need to be sanctified and you need somebody to challenge you and chisel you and, and, and be there, like, you know, kind of confronting you with what you think is right for you is because sin will hurt you. It will destroy you. It will rob you of your joy, your peace, your sense of self. Uh, we don't realize this. Yes, God forgives our sins, but we still have to bear the consequences. <laughs> yeah. You go cheating on your spouse, yes, God will forgive you. But your life will be jacked up. Your kids will be jacked up. Your your legacy will be jacked up. You go uh, stealing stuff from the store because God will forgive me. <laughs> you'll go to prison. You know, <laughs> eventually you'll go to prison. Uh, and, you know, sin will lead to degradation. So, which side of the cross are you on? Which side do you trend toward? Legalism, I'm not good enough. Relativism, I can do what I want. You gotta, you gotta look at the Bible this way because everything that God is trying to do, whether it's justify you one time and forever in Christ Jesus and remind you of that, or sanctification, which is a process that continues until you die, God is trying to bring you back to himself, right to the love of the cross, right to who he is and what he's done in your life. Amen. 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 So Paul says to the church of God that's in Corinth, to those sanctified, to those sanctified in Christ, called to be saints together with all those who call on the Lord Jesus Christ. You are called to this. This is what God wants for you. And so the, 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 the book of 1 Corinthians is challenging relativist Christians. I can do what I want. I'm free. Jesus has saved me. Challenging relativist Christians. No, you can't. You need to change. You need to transform. You need to be transformed. You need your life transformed by the power of Jesus Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. And I guarantee you, when that happens, you will see fruit that you won't regret. You will see good things come out of your life, not evil, gross, nasty, uh, dead works of righteousness or self-righteousness or, or works of sin. You know, the works of the flesh that Paul talks about in uh, Galatians chapter 5. All, all those works of the flesh. You'll see the fruit of the Spirit, rather. The fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. The nine fruits. That God will pour these out of your life. Now, when Paul starts to confront the Corinthians with the fact that they need to change, and there are things that, are, that, are, that need to be addressed in their church, and we talked about this, they are seriously messed up. I think we, you guys remember this from last week. You know, yeah. they were they had sexual morality, right? They were going to the temple shrine Aphrodite of Aphrodite, this temple shrine to Aphrodite, and they were having sex with these prostitutes who worked in the shrine. These are Christians. They'd go to church on Sunday, and then they would go up to the shrine and have sex with a prostitute, come home, be like, hey, honey, I'm home. The old and, Corinthian strip club? Yeah, yeah, the Corinthian strip club, exactly. <laughs> the red light district up there. And and then they were doing, uh, they were suing each other. So, like, how how bad of a church do you have to be to sue each other. Like you got lawsuits between believers. Paul's mortified by this. They are denying the resurrection of Jesus. Okay, I don't think it gets much worse than that. No. Deny the resurrection. Paul says, he's going to say this in chapter 15. You deny the resurrection, your faith is useless. This, tr this, this movement is not about just living a good life. It's about the fact that there's hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you got all these things like sexual morality, divisions, factions, uh, suing each other. Uh, the getting drunk at the Lord's table, uh, taking advantage of each other, denying the resurrection. So here's 
my question. Which one of those issues, if you were Paul, would you deal with first? A guy to that long list. Ooh, man. I don't know, man. And, where do you start? Yeah. The hearts of two. Yeah. I know where I would start. Where's that? With the sexual morality. Because I'd be like, hey, hey, this is bad. This is bad. What are you doing? I'd just be because, you know, sex sells. Sex sells. It's like people want to talk about it. They want to hear about it. They want to know what's right, what's wrong. And even if they know what's right and wrong, they still do whatever they want anyway. But but the fact of the matter is that I would just like take that on right away. You guys can't be sleeping with temple shrine prostitutes. Are you nuts? And Paul doesn't deal with that right away. I, or, or maybe I would say, hey, stop suing each other. Can we stop doing that? That's not, that's not a good practice. Right. Yeah. Or maybe like as a good theologian, I would say, uh, why don't we stop denying the resurrection? This, yeah, probably start from the from you know, that, foundation yeah. of what yeah. we believe in. That's like absolutely. this is kind of like what this is about. We are the movement of the people who believe Jesus rose from the grave. But Paul doesn't start with any of those things. And I find this phenomenal. So let's get something straight right off the bat, Paul says. Let's get something straight right off the bat. And what does he say? I appeal to you, verse 10, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same judgment. And I think what, I, what is amazing here is that what Paul says is the most important thing that I can address first in this radically divisive and messed up church, sin coming out of their ears, immorality coming out of their eyeballs. He says, the most important thing is that you come together. Wow. Wow, unity. That's crazy. Like unity comes first. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm studying this, I'm thinking that's amazing that Paul decides to take this thing, this, this um, reality on first. And so I had this idea, transformation happens in community. You're not going to truly be sanctified in Christ until you're unified in the body of Christ. Mm. This, that's the secret. That's, that's the secret of being transformed into new people, community. Getting together with other Christians, getting in a church that are filled with people who love you, care for you, love you enough to tell you the truth. Like the, the proverb says, a friend, uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but an enemy multiplies kisses. So an enemy comes up to you and says, mm, I love you. Mm, you're so wonderful. Mm, nothing wrong with you. Mm. And a friend comes along and says, you are jacked up and you need to stop. And, and which one do you hate hearing? Yeah. Which one do you hate hearing? Yeah. But the Bible is very clear. That's the friend. The friend says, the friend cares about you. Now, you'll never get that if you cut everybody off who doesn't like what you do, doesn't confront you, doesn't change you. This is why you need a church. This is why you can't listen to Hill songs and podcasts in your car and say that's church. You can't do it because transformation does not happen individually. Transformation happens in community. Jesus did not walk with Peter for three years alone and just be like his personal Lord and Savior. <laughs> True that. He didn't. He called Peter, James, John, Simon, uh, Bartholomew, Matthew, the tax collector, Simon, the zealot, Judas Iscariot, the other Judas, these 12 guys. He calls them where? Into community. Because Jesus knows transformation happens in community. It doesn't happen on your own. Stop thinking that you can become a better Christian or do, you know, be more effective as a Christ follower or see your gifts flourish as a Christ follower or develop in your talents and your abilities as a Christ follower if you don't belong to a community of faith. You know, and this is probably a great plug, too, to not only talking about <clears throat> joining a church, but being in a small group. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Be in a small group, and that's why we do them. Because yeah, we I think believe. there's a lot of people coming that they come to church every week, but they're not in small groups. You're right, you got to get in a small group. You have to. And you've got to be talking to people, and you've got to let people talk to you. We, uh, we say this line, and it's totally stolen from another church, so don't give us credit. Circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. When you face each other and you talk, each other, talk to each other about the Lord's work, about the Lord's word, it's better. Just listening to me for 45 minutes, as much as I want you to do that, don't stop doing that. But <laughs> it will not truly take what we talk about and plant it in the seed, the soil of your soul. So transformation happens in community. But here's what I thought about. Community requires unity. You don't have community if you don't have Come unity. On. Hallelujah. Amen. I got this. Come on. Light up. Yes. Yes. And this is the first thing that Paul is going to talk about. And I want to talk for a moment about unity. Because unity is like a lost art in the body of Christ today. It's a lost art. Here's what I see, here's what I see that's problematic in the 21st century church. Uh, number one, disunity, like disconnection, has become normal. This is, we, we've normalized it. Yeah. We've normalized this idea. I can go to that church for a couple of years, then I'm, I'm ha- unhappy with that. Now I'm going to find a new church. I'm going to go to that church for a couple of years. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm unhappy with that now. I'm going to go to this church. And we just jump, church, 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 church. Jump, 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 jump. I've been in this church as a youth pastor, as a, a lead pastor, as, 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 as a member, if you will, of this church. I've been here for 20 years. It's been wonderful. My life has changed and transformed through this church. And God has done great things in my life. And not every season of those 20 years has been good. There's been some really hard seasons, hurtful seasons. But God used those hurtful seasons to transform me, my wife, my children, make us better people. You don't want to check out on your church just because things aren't as what you know what you want them to be. I appeal to you, brothers, Paul says, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, agree. No divisions. Be united in the same mind, in the same judgment. So disunity has become, this disconnection has become normal. It shouldn't be normal. Um, the second thing is that unity has become optional. Like joining yourself to a church, even going to church has become optional. If I feel like it, I'll go. If I don't feel like it, I don't want to. I'm busy. I'm busy. And um, going to church. Like I, I'm, I'm serious about this. You've got to read the Bible. <laughs> You've got to read the Bible. I want to follow Jesus, but I'm not going to go to church. Okay, Jesus went to church. Jesus, the Son of God, went to church. It was called synagogue back then. But here's what it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And he came to Nazareth, this is Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as was his, what's that word, everybody? You guys are not up to <laughs> Sorry. Just say custom. Custom. Say, all right, custom. As was his custom. That's why we ought to see the screen. <laughs> there it is right there. As was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. Like this was his habit. He did this every seventh day he was in church. I saw some of you come back, Waters Church listeners, Facebookers. I saw some of you come back from two weeks ago when I challenged you to come back. Did you come back again? Because I saw some of you and I saw like, I could just tell. I could see on some one guy, I saw this, like his face was just filled with guilt. I haven't been here for so long. I don't know if I belong here anymore. Yes, you do. You do. Get over your little feelings and come back. Get over your little (laughs) issues and come back and keep coming back and come back again. And make that decision that it's a non-negotiable for you and your family. And parents, I'm talking to you. Parents. These parents that want to let their kids skip church. Who are you? Where are you coming from? And I know your excuse. I know it. I've heard it. 
I don't want them to like, you know, resent it when they grow older. I don't want them to resent it when they grow older. Okay, do you do that with school? <laughs> do you do that with your child's education? Do you say, oh, you don't feel like going to school today? Okay, skip. Skip for the month for all I care because I don't want you to resent education when you grow older. You or, don't. or them. <laughs> yeah. 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 I want my kids to like me. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, if you if you like your kids to like you, you're failing already. <laughs> my, my goal is for them to not like me. I mean, that is my goal as a parent. <laughs> if I'm not regularly disappointing my children, something is wrong. Let me know in the comments how you feel about that. <laughs> I'm glad you're not my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so something is wrong. If you are like not upsetting your children regularly, something's seriously wrong. And your kids need to come to church, even if it's against their will. Mm. To hear God's word, because when you hear God's word, faith starts to grow in the life of that child, even against their will. Amen. You yeah. can't stop it. You can't stop what God no. does through his word. The Bible opens up with, and God said, showing us everything that happens that's good happens because God said it happened. So if you want good things to happen to your kids, don't give them the opportunity to skip out on church. You drag them there, kicking and screaming. You tie them up with duct tape for all I care. You bring them to the church and you put them in our children's ministry where they're going to hear about Jesus and be changed. Oh, somebody get me Come a pulpit. Come on. Yeah, you know, right on. You don't have to clap for that. It's just, it's just true, though. And it, it, that should be like exercise for being a parent, by the way. It should be exercise for being a parent that you disappoint them by bringing them to church so that you can disappoint them by not giving them everything that they want at Toys R Us. And knowing what's best for them. Yes. And you can disappoint them by not buying them the brand new car when they get their license. And you can disappoint them by not getting by not letting them go to that wild party where you know there's going to be drinking and alcohol. So you can get used to disappointing your kids. God has given you an opportunity every week to disappoint your kids by bringing them to church. <laughs> That's if not so bad. If they don't want to go. If they don't want to go. I'm sorry. If they don't want to go. But, you know, the thing about our church is most people want to go. You got a question. How about if your kid is uh like over 18, still living at home and you try to you try to have them come to church, mm. but you know, all you can do is pray for them. No, that's not true. You are providing food, you are providing shelter, and you can hold that over their head. <laughs> you can hold that against them. You want to eat? You want to sleep here? You're going to church. I don't care how old you, uh, how old you are. If you're 18, if you're 46 and you're still living at home with your parents, first off, you need Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you need to get saved. You need to grow up. But I don't care how old your kid is. If he's living at home off of your dime, you have every right to expect. It should be like part of the contract. Hey, we, we would love to ho house you. you. We know it's tough to find your own place. We will feed you. We, yeah, but you're going to do your own laundry. You're going to clean up after yourself and all that stuff. You can give them chores. And here's another expect expectation. In this house, we go to church. So you're coming with us. Mm. You're coming with us. And I mean, man, if, that, if that's too hard to say to your kids, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. There's a real breakdown here. And you need God's Holy Spirit boldness to just put them in their place and tell them this is how it happens in our house. Now, if you hate church that much and you don't want to come, find your own place. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. it. Find your own. It's like place. part of the rent. You gotta come. Yeah, it's yeah. part of the exactly. It's part of the it's rent. Part of the rent. You've got to come. Your Great connection. question. Thank you yeah. for that question. I mm -hmm. hope that helps. Yeah. I hope that disturbed your day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, in my week, Pastor. So Jesus goes to church every week because you've got to go to church. You. Unity has become optional. I'll go to church if I feel like it. I'll go. To, I'll be in my small group if everything. If I have nothing else to do, I'll go. And it's like, oh, 
That's not what Jesus did, friend. Please don't tell me you're following Jesus if you're not going to his house, okay? Now, the consequence of not being in the body of Christ regularly is that you don't change. And this is what I really want to get down to, that Paul deals with the disunity of the Corinthians first because he knows, I can't see anything else change in your life until I see unity and a togetherness and a sense of coming, uh, becoming one uh, as the body of Christ. And so we do not change if we are not united to a local church. So Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Love this passage. You've heard this many times before. As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. This is God kind of giving us a principle through the Proverbs. Proverbs are not promises. They are principles. And it's saying you change when you rub up against your other brothers. When you, this is, you know, think about sharpening two knives together that are made out of iron. They've got to touch. They've got to rub each other the wrong way. And there's friction and there's heat and there's tension and there's some uncomfortableness there. And I don't like the fact that you're making me different. But it's the way you become sharper. It's the way you become sharper. You know, people like me. And (laughs) I say this proudly. If you like me, you like me because of Cheryl Hatch, my wife. You like me because of her influence on me. Uh, And I can tell you this. I am a better person now than I was when I first married that woman because she has chiseled me. And I have chiseled her, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And, And the church body has chiseled me. The people that I'm in a relationship with, even the people in this room, like I don't like everything that you guys do. Is that why you forgot my name? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Brandon Tuvar. No, no, no. I do. I mean, I love you guys, but do we always get along 110%? No. Absolutely not. We, no. But we challenge each other, and there's authority, of course, and you guys are respectful of the authority of the pastor here. I thank God for that. But there's, there's challenging one another. And I learn from you. You learn from me. We chisel each other. And in your small groups, you chisel each other. You let people speak into your life. You know, one of the great passages of Scripture— uh, just a minute, Josh. One of the great passages of Scripture we love to quote is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And we say this all the time. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. There's the word, transformed, by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. But notice that brothers, at the top of that verse, is plural. How do we get transformed in community, plural, brothers and sisters, together? Not me, individual, with Hillsong and podcasts. Josh. Yeah. Somebody asks, uh, what if you can't find a small group or if you live far away? Uh, If you live too far away from Waters Church, find another church. Uh, Simple as that. And find a good gospel preaching (laughs) church. Um, We are associated with the ARC Church Network, A-R-C. And you can go on to arcchurches.org or com. Org or com. Just Google it. You can yeah, Google. Arc, A-R-C, churches. And uh, you can find a church in your area. Or you could, you gotta, you got to go to a couple churches and see. Are they, and, and this is good. This is really important. Because you never know, is this a good church or is this a bad church? Are they gathering in small groups? Yeah. Do, you know, does the pastor open <clears throat> the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> there are so yeah. many churches where the yeah. pastor does not open the Bible anymore. That's probably and, a good and, first telltale sign. Yeah. 
And uh, and by the way, small groups are not just for new Christians. Uh, it's for new Christians. It's for people who have been saved for a long time. It's for old Christians. It's for yeah. everybody. You can find one. Uh, somebody asked, should I begin in the starting point program? No, starting growth track. Yeah, Start growth track. growth track. You can take starting point, but yeah. that's more for like un- non-Christian people. Yeah, non-Christian people. If you're just, if you're a new Christian, get into growth track, get into a small group. Yeah. Come see somebody at Info Central this weekend. Yes. Jamie Raposo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and um, so if you're too far, you go to another church. Are they in a small group? Do they open the Bible? Does the pastor preach from the word of God? Does he acknowledge it's the word of God or is it just advice? Because there's lots of churches, especially in New England, where the Bible is no longer the word of God. It's good advice. Yeah. And we can take some and we can toss some away and we don't listen to that anymore. We don't <clears> listen to that. And listen, I know this. I know this too. And I say this to, to, to you guys all the time on Sunday. There are some parts of the Bible we don't do anymore. Leviticus. For the large, the large part of lion's share of Leviticus, we do not do anymore. Thank God, because it was a lot of work to kill all those animals. <laughs> but we do. <laughs> but there is a passage. But there is a passage in Leviticus we are supposed to do all the time, actually. And that passage is, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That mm. comes from Leviticus. Yep. Leviticus 18, of course. Like, So, you know, there's parts of the Bible we don't do because Jesus has fulfilled some ceremonial, sacramental aspects of the law. But the moral aspects and the moral code of the law, we still do. And some of that's in the old. And it's even more clear in the New Testament of what we're supposed to do. Any other mm-hmm. questions there? That's a great question, though. Thank you so much for your questions. Yeah. I definitely want this to be more interactive. Okay. we got to stay together. And it makes us stronger. And here's the big thing, too. Pay attention. Please pay attention. Turn up your radios. The church will have a greater influence in this country and in this culture when the church stays together. We need each other. You know, the Marines, how many of us love the Marines of this, the U.S. Marine Corps? All of us. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. For the Marine, the U.S. Marines are awesome. Let me say something else about the U.S. Marines. This is going to offend all the old Christians out there. The Marines are badass. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I feel guilty right away. God's saying. But what other term can you? Really what, can I, what else can it? you say? Man, These a, guys. Ass, ass is in the Bible. Ass is in, in the Bible. Bible. Read your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> not badass, but so, they are. What I mean by that is, you do not want to mess with the Marines. You don't want to mess. I went to college with a couple of Marines. These guys, man. You had to like walk softly because they were like serious dudes. And there were men who took things sacred and serious about the Marines. And what's the phrase? What's the what's the motto of the Marines? Either guys either you guys know? Semper Fi. Semper Fi, yes. Yeah. That's right. Semper Fi. Were you in the Marines? I cheated. Somebody said it in the comments. <laughs> thank well, you. Thank you for that comment. Thank you. Semper Fi. What does it mean? It's the Latin word. They shorten fi for fidelis. It's the Latin word meaning always faithful. Semper fidelis. Always what? Faithful. Fa- Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Oh, Michael, <laughs> go. Producer over here. From Mar- the corner. McGarry MacGyver. Uh, Semper fidelis means always faithful. Faithful. <laughs> faithful. The Marines are badass because they believe in staying together always. And I wonder if the church of Jesus Christ is not weak and anemic in the 21st century of America because we're always not being yeah. Semper Fidelis. Okay. You know? Mm. 
And let me just say this to all of you Christians who don't go to church and don't commit to a body of Christ and you complain about culture and you complain about the world and you complain about the state of our country and you're looking at these protests and you're like, oh, this is just terrible. Oh, the world's so terrible. Oh my gosh, something has to happen. And you're not going to church and you're not committed and you're not serving anybody. You are part of the problem. You are part of the problem. Get into a church, use your gifts, and start serving for the cause of the gospel because the gospel will change those hearts that are filled with hate and and white nationalism and you know racism and and bigotry and all those words that we get we throw up there on social media all those words we love to throw up, bigotry racism white nationalism uh, you know all that stuff white supremacy we throw those words up on social media to denounce them but we never realize that the way to answer them is not to just denounce them the way to answer them is to preach the gospel into the hearts of those people who need to know that Jesus saved them from their ridiculousness and it's not going to be accepted by everybody. I get that. But it will be accepted by a lot of people. And the more we preach it, the more people will be saved. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Preach. <clears throat> Come yes. on. I got, we, 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 have an, we have an off-topic question. Yeah, off-topic. Here we go. We wanna, like, what is it? Let's thing. hear it. What is it? All right. What are your thoughts on Christianity and yoga? I realize yoga is based on a completely different religion. But what if you're only doing it for the exercises? I don't care. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously, I don't care. Don't uh, don't do that thing where you empty your mind and you try to like fill it with all kinds of weird nonsense from the Eastern religions. I get that, but you know, downward you wanna... dog and all that stuff. Well, I mean, I've done those yoga stretches and they're fantastic. They make you feel so much better physically. You're just stretching your muscles. You're doing different things that you don't usually do. This is why we're you know not healthy a lot of times because we don't stretch our muscles. We don't use our muscles. We sit in office chairs 24 hours a day, and uh, well, no, we sit in the office for eight hours. We go to the couch, sit there for six more hours, and then we sleep for 16 hours, eight, eight more hours. We're not doing anything. So the physical activity is good. I, I have no problem with that. Go so exercise, but don't pray to... Pray to Jesus. Anything. Yeah, pray to Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> like when you're in the downward dog <laughs> position, you're already like almost prostrate. You're almost there. You say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Draw me closer to you. <laughs> um, you got to get in a community, friends. This is what Paul is saying. He's saying, man, look, stop dividing. And then look, let's look at verse 12. What I mean is, Corinthians... Each one of you says, I follow Paul, I follow Paulus, I follow Cephas, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? And so let's just make a couple clarifications here. They're not saying, I like the preaching of Paul. He's, he's, he really touches me when he preaches. And they're not saying, you know, Apollos is a real good guy. Like, he's my style of preach. That's not what they're saying. They're dividing by... You could almost call this denominationalism. The, the seeds of denominationalism are being formed right here in Corinth. Uh, it's like, and, and here's what happens. Here's what happens in the church when we divide. We just, we just try to find ways to be superior to other people. So I just see like this going down in, in the Corinthian uh, city. Um, like somebody just saying, well, you know, I know the true way of the Christian faith. I go with Paul. You know, he wrote one third of the New Testament. He's my leader and i don't listen to anybody else and then there's other people saying well i follow apollos have you ever heard him preach he is truly anointed of god you know so they're, they're like and i don't listen to paul because apollos is so much more anointed and then there was people saying well i go back to peter because peter walked with god and these are that was pretty good these are sean connery <laughs> christians out there and his lincoln you know peter walked on water and because he walked away, I only listened to Peter. And then, and then he says, I follow Christ here on, in verse 12. So there was even people saying, I go straight to Jesus. 
I don't listen to Paul, Apollos. <clears throat> you people need your little intermediaries between you and Jesus. But me and Jesus are so close. I don't have to listen to anybody else. He speaks to me directly. <clears throat> and it's just like, you know, what do you, what do you hear? What do you hear behind those statements? I'm better than you. Mm. I'm better than you. And, you know, this is, uh, is still alive today. Uh, I'm Calvinist. Or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Presbyterian. Or I, uh, when, well, our church only reads from the King James Bible. So, what does your church read from? I mean, it's just another way of saying we're better than you. Yeah. Without even saying it, you're saying we're better than you. That's really what you're doing. Don't, don't give me any nonsense about how the King James Bible is the perfected Bible. I've read that stuff up. It's nonsense. Don't listen to it. Anybody ever tells you that, don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. I'll save you a world of trouble and just a weekend of misery as you read through all that stuff. And by the way, just to comment quickly on somebody, uh, mm. we did not mention Hillsong in a derogatory oh, way. Oh, no. We no, no, Hillsong no, 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 not at all. Hillsong we, Hillsong. we thank God for Hillsong. <laughs> Absolutely. Our songs are Hillsong. Well, yeah, they are, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, we, do, <laughs> we, we play them all the time. I think, I think the them. point of the conversation was just don't replace church with yes. sitting in your car listening to Hillsong or Chris Tomlin or pick, you know, oh, yeah. whatever favorite yeah. K-Love station, oh, yeah. whatever it is. Hey, listen, man, to, to listen to me, you got to come to our church more often. To, yeah, that's to only get a supplement. My, Deborah Hanley, to get that's my, for you. Yeah, to get my my way of, I'm very caustic. I admit it. And I come across sometimes hard. But don't read into it like I'm trying to offend based on what I mentioned. I'm just giving you illustrations of what I'm talking about. And so anyway, you know, there's just, just these ways in which we just use stupid little things to divide ourselves mm -hmm. and look down on one another. And Paul says this has to stop. This has to stop. And so then he says these words back there in verse 13, I think it is. Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? And I think, why does he mention baptism here? And it's, um, um, it's kind of like what we do with the symbols of our faith, baptism and the Lord's table. These are two symbols of our faith. Everybody should get baptized and everybody should eat the body and blood of Christ at the Lord's table. Now, what is hugely ironic? These two practices, baptism and the Lord's table, which are meant to bring the church together, are the two issues <laughs> that split us up the most. That, that divide <laughs> us up the most. Like <clears throat> baptism. One church says only adults can get baptized. Our church says that. But the other church says, no, we sprinkle our infants. And then we argue with each other and fuss and fight over each other. It's like, I don't care. I don't care. I, you want to sprinkle infants and you love Jesus, fine. You want to only baptize adults like we do, fine. I'm not going to sit here and say we're better than you. I refuse. And I've done the studies. I've read these um, arguments for both. And one, both arguments are fairly good. I think that the argument for adult baptism is slightly better biblically. Mm. And that's why I side on that. But I don't sit there now and look at these guys, the Presbyterians and the people who sprinkle their babies. I don't sit there and say, oh, we're so much better than you because we only wait until people make a profession of faith. No, baptism is supposed to bring us together. And I'm not going to argue that. And then the Lord's table. My word, we have been arguing and dividing over the Lord's table since Jesus went to heaven. <laughs> One church says it's the actual body and blood of Jesus. And another church says, no, the body and blood of Jesus are present and around the elements. Another church says, no, they're not, there's nothing at all. They're just bread and wine. We just, re we just eat them together uh, just to remind ourselves. And we get so heated in these arguments over the Lord's table, which was supposed to bring us together. And I don't care what your view is. I know this might, this might be shocking to some of you people who are watching right now. You might be shocked to hear me. I don't care what your view is of baptism or the Lord's Supper. 
I only care that you love Jesus and you acknowledge that he died for your sins and you do get baptized and you do take the Lord's Supper regularly. Baptized once, but the Lord's <laughs> Supper regularly. And do it to come together as body of Christ. But my point is, and, and this is an important point, you have to know this, that in, in every church will find ways to divide when we should, when we should rather try to find ways that, to come together. And every church has true disciples, and every church has false disciples, and every church has non-disciples, non-believers. And I'm talking to the true believers. If you're a true believer of Christ, you should be coming to church, you should be investing in the church, you should be serving in the church. You should be uh, going, making it, again, a non-negotiable for you and your family to come to church. Stop letting little things pull you away from the church. A good church is one of the greatest <clears throat> gifts you can get in life. And I want to say one last thing. I'm um, You come to church with people who aren't like you, and I want to say this. People who are not like you may help you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I know this is hard to believe, but it's true. The people who are not like you, not your kind of people, not, you know, the people who offend you maybe a little bit, the people who challenge you a little bit, they might actually help you. I have a fellowship of pastors in this community of all different denominations, and we get together. And can I tell you that some of the best authors, some of the best Christian authors I've ever been introduced to have come from those men. Some of the best <clears throat> ideas of church practices, of leadership skills, have come from those men, from other denominations. They've helped me. And the people, who, and I'm telling you this because I know this from experience, the people who are not like me are the ones who help me change. Because I am not Jesus. I am not the finished product. I am in process myself. And I also need people to uh, help me transform and change into what God wants me to be. You cannot do this alone in your car, listening to whatever kind of music you want to. <laughs> and <Hillsong>. podcasts. <clears throat> and there's lots of good podcasts out there. And I, yeah, go ahead and listen to them. But don't let that be your church. Get in a church. Be united. Grow in faith. Amen. This was The Deep End. Thanks for joining us for this week's Deep End Podcast. We pray that you continue to grow in your faith and that you would serve and support your local church. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us this weekend at Waters Church. We are located at 57 John Deach Square in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. And you can join us every Saturday at 4 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Make sure to stay tuned in for next week's episode of The Deep End Podcast.